Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 886 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Paul. He is the father of a young child with type 1 diabetes. Paul is an executive chef. His child has been on Omnipod 5, done clinical trials, and we talk about all of that, plus what it's like to be married and raising a child with type 1 diabetes. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you a U.S. resident who has type 1 or a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone with type 1? Oh, if you are, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and complete the survey. Completing the survey helps type 1 diabetes research to move forward. It supports the Juicebox podcast and it's just a nice thing to do. Plus, it doesn't take very much time, and you can do it from wherever you're sitting right now. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. You can learn more about the G6 and the G7 and get started at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. See your blood sugar, the number, the speed, and the direction all in one place on your smartphone or on your Dexcom receiver. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored today by the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. Check out the Contour Next Gen, the Contour Next One, and their entire line of blood glucose meters at contournext.com forward slash juice box. Get yourself an easy to handle, easy to use, and incredibly accurate meter. Get a Contour. Interested in sharing our, our story and our journey so far. It's been interesting. I kind of got to participate in some trials and, you know, on Omnipod 5 now, we were on the tandem for a, you know, then two-year-old. So it's been a, a whirlwind and an up and down. And I think we have some interesting um, interesting stuff to share and you know, love to hear some of your feedback and, and what you think of the situation and also talk about, um, you know, the kind of the strain and pressure that, you know, being a caregiver puts on, on marriage and being in clinical trials and being a professional corporate executive chef and my son eats five things. And, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot to talk about and a lot to share. So hopefully right. it'll be some good content for other listeners, oh, other parents and caregivers and other T1Ds. Oh, I'm certain it will be. Uh, yeah. Why don't we start off by you introducing yourself any way that you want to be known? Sure. Uh, my name is Paul, uh, 46 years old. I have a three-year-old type one diabetic son named Justin, um, married to my wife, Margarita, and we've been married since 2007. And Justin was, uh, diagnosed at 18 months and he is now, uh, a little over three, it's three in May. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So Justin's had diabetes about as long as he didn't have it. Uh, we just passed the halfway mark. So he has now been living with diabetes longer than uh, without. Gotcha. And you've been married, hold on, 20, 17, like 16, 15, 16 years? Yes, since uh, July of uh, 2007. Wow. Today is my 26th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. That's uh, You don't hear that too, so much nowadays. <laughs> Do you not? I don't know. You don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Paul, I don't talk to anybody. I don't know. I don't hear anything from anyone. <laughs> I make this podcast and I sleep. So, um, well, well, uh, thank you then very much. I appreciate it. I just, um, she hasn't opened them yet, but my wife uh, has told me this story probably a dozen times since I've known her. And we've known each other, my gosh, since probably... Well, we knew each other longer than we were dating, and so I don't know. We've been married for 26 years. I think I knew her when she was 16 and 17, like, just like I knew, like, you know, to say, like, she walked past me and I recognized her. Sure. And I think I started bugging her when she was 19. So anyway, she's, I don't know, 48 now. And um, she's told me a handful, a dozen times in her life about getting these diamond stud earrings as a child. I, I don't know if it was wrapped around her Catholicism or if it was a gift or something, but she, um, I guess she took them out at some point. And I don't know why people do things like this, but left them by the sink or the you know, windowsill near a sink or something. And, and audios. They're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know why it never occurred to me over the years. I've always felt so bad for that little girl. You know what I mean? Like, I always wished I could have, like, swept in and been like, here, here's two more earrings. It's fine. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> you know? So I got my wife a pair of uh, of uh, nice diamond study rings for our anniversary today. They're downstairs on a table. Um, and I had Well, to... better late than never, Scott. Well, well, <laughs> hey, I wasn't there the day it happened. <laughs> I, I just don't know over the years. Well, I do know, Paul. Over the years, in the beginning, I was like, I can't afford this, you know? Sure. And then yeah. today I was like, I could, you know. Earlier this week, I said to Arden, I was like, come with me and help me pick out earrings for mom. So we did that and acted fancy in a jewelry store for a little while and then got right out of there because we didn't feel too fancy. But uh, <laughs> yep. But it's nice to know that 26 years feels like a long time. I have to admit it's um, it's different, like as everything is. What you expect and what you picture and what you imagine when you're younger is never what happens when you're older. And I don't mean like successes and failures and things like that. Just I think just what the union means is different than what you think it is when you're like 25, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it also um, it's also different um, being husband and wife and then being, you know, mommy and daddy as well. That's a, a change that no one really describes to you very well. Yeah. No, no, my, um, my son's going through a tough time right now, like transitioning out of college and it's, it's, um, he's sort of, um, I don't know. He, he's being kind of private about it, I guess. And hmm. it's, I, I don't know, Paul, my only job in the world feels like taking care of people. And then, yeah. you know, and I do that verbally. And so when, that doesn't happen, then I get angry. I'm the least anxious person in the world. And right now, today, I'm as like twisted in a knot as I've been, I don't know, since Arden was diagnosed. Wow. Yeah. Just because I can't I can't help the way I want to help. Or 
the way I want to help is not helping or whatever. I don't know. But those are not things that you have to deal with if you don't have kids. <laughs> you know True. I mean? <laughs> yeah. I can't, you can't you know, look back and tell like a 19 year old you that one day you're going to be faced with, you know, X, Y, and Z. It just, it doesn't, doesn't relate and you don't comprehend at that age. Right. Um, but you know, just, it's part of adulting and parenting, I guess. Everything's on the job training. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, it, and with diabetes, diabetes as well. It's, uh, uh, it's all real world experience. What's you know, this? you can, uh, you can only get led from uh, do not die information from your endo you know, for, for so long before you have to start figuring stuff out yourself and acting in the moment. So uh, I guess it pertains to a, a lot of different parts of life. Oh, I think so. Well, is there a, something about a saying about um, building the plane while you're flying it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, though, but I, I understand the analogy. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't explain it well, but I think it explains itself. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so some days feels like we're, uh, you know, you're flying while you're building the plane and it's you're bailing out water as the plane floods as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So isn't it isn't it isn't it exactly like that? It's because I'm imagining three years ago. You and your lovely wife are living a, I mean, you're, what do you, do you say you're an executive chef? Yeah, I'm an executive chef. I work for a corporate uh, dining company. So we do um, a lot of uh, dining for, you know, like corporate dining for Uber and Twitter and, you know, large uh, Bay Area companies with thousands of employees. So we do on-site food service for some of the larger tech and dot-com companies. And that's a job you really enjoy, I imagine. I don't think that's something you can do if you don't like it for some reason. You know, it, there's, um, I guess in the, the culinary world, you can, you know, there's kind of two sides to it. One, you can work in a public restaurant, um, you know, like I'm sure you have a downtown area that has tons of restaurants where you can, you know, work as a, a line cook or even a chef and your days are um, you know, like when I was in my early twenties, you know, 15, 16 hour days, six, seven days a week, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that. You miss all the birthdays, all the holidays you're in there from open to close every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pay is substandard. Oh. Um, when I got married uh, in 2007, I was working as a sous chef at a popular Mediterranean family style restaurant. And I would uh, kiss Margarita on the cheek when I left for work in the morning at like six 30 when she was asleep and I would get home from work at one 30 in the morning and kiss her on the cheek while she was asleep in bed. So, um, I quickly explored my options to find out, you know, how, before this marriage starts, how can I help it succeed by spending more time? Um, so I ventured into the world of corporate dining. So, um, the world of corporate dining is Monday through Friday. I get in about six. I leave about two thirty every day. Nice. Um, I'm off on all the bank holidays, regular holidays, um, and the pay is two, three times, threefold of what um, it would be in, uh, I guess, what you would say a regular restaurant. I see, Paul, that's my point. You got everything together, and then yep. life hoisted you up to 40,000 feet and said, hey, your kid has diabetes. Figure it out before we crash. <laughs> Great. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. In a nutshell, yes. Yeah, thanks, absolutely. Well, what was it like... Um, when Justin was diagnosed? Um, shocking is, is, I guess, what stands out the most. But um, the, you know, the story leading up to it is, um, you've probably heard a lot of times with the, the thirst and the excessive bedwetting and, 
you know, daycare. He was in daycare and I said, you know, he's drinking a whole lot of water. And I said, oh, that's okay. So a week later, I was like, you know, he's really drinking a lot, a lot of water, like, you know, 10 times as much as the other kids. And so we message our primary, his pediatrician. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. You know, don't, don't worry about it. And message him again. I said, you know, he's wetting the bed every night and his attitude. He's, you know, he's just been really, really cranky. And we go to take a bath and he's just crying and crying. And so uh, it finally took him to go into to DKA for us to, um, you know, I guess, take him in. He was super lethargic and his breathing was, you know, concerning. So we took him to a respiratory clinic and we thought, oh, maybe COVID, you know, what, whatever it could be. Um, they did a bunch of work at the respiratory clinic. Um, and before, they couldn't really find anything. They were waiting for the blood work to come back. Um, and they said, well, while we have him here, let's take some urine. Um, so they took urine. Um, they couldn't really give us a diagnosis. So they sent us over to the pediatric emergency. And while he was kind of going through the routine of being admitted there, the doctor called me from the respiratory clinic and said uh, that they found sugar in his urine and your son has type one diabetes. You're going to be at the hospital for three or four days. The rest so my, I'm sorry, the respiratory cr clinic didn't recognize the Kusmal respirations? No. Well, geez, respiratory yeah. clinic, respirate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh -huh. so, so you got, um, wow. So you tried to find out what was going on and nobody was able to help you. Yeah. yeah. We, re we reached out to our primary care and, you know, even some, some Google or some internet search results, but... Um, I mean, I guess that's, if I have any gripe about the situation is that, you know, that, uh, and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school, but it seems like if you're emailing your, your primary care, um, and they don't recognize that excessive thirst and, and bedwet, like, you know, just the classic symptoms, um, you know, I, maybe something needs to, to change there or it needs to be more education, but yeah. Um, seems like all the classic signs, um, but well, don't worry. Wasn't... Once you educate those people, they'll move on and get different jobs, and then there'll be a whole new group of people to educate, and it'll just keep oh, happening. Oh, sweet, over <laughs> yeah, and over and over again. My goodness. Yeah. Well, um, were you in the hospital for that many days? Uh, yeah. Well, the the thing was when he was um, admitted, it was only one parent in the hospital at a time because of COVID. Until he got admitted to um, PICU, so the pediatric um, emergency wing, um, and they tried to stop me from going in, um, was the way I'll, I'll put it. Um, <laughs> it didn't work so, out for them? Uh, I'm on like 6'7", 250, so yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't forcefully make my way in, but I was in there with him and my wife. Paul, you were 6 feet 7 inches tall? Yeah, and about 250, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, uh, not telling me no <laughs> in so many words. I'm, I'm going in with my sons. That's crazy. Come from a tall family. Uh, yeah, my dad was a uh, six two. My mom is was average, but um, yeah, there's some height down the lineage. Wow. So after the diagnosis, what do you think struck you first? Because you have a, a, a pretty you have a pretty coherent list of things you want to talk about. So. I, yeah. I, I'm wondering what got to you first. 
Um, the, the first thing was, um, I guess my understanding of how much I didn't know about diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, so because he, you know, he was in DKA, they were monitoring for brain swelling, um, which didn't happen. So, which we're grateful for. Um, but I remember asking the the doctor, okay, like, you know, wh- when is it, when is he cured or when does he not have it anymore so we can go home? Um, and you know, our whole world kind of changed over the next you know, 24 hours as we started learning more information. So I just remember feeling like helpless, like I, I didn't know what to do or how to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not having the knowledge uh, or information to, to help. Yeah. Um, so helpless was the first kind of real emotion that I had. And then, then came the grief. Um, but I will say that, you know, we spent three days in the hospital. Um, uh, probably didn't sleep very much at all. And then before being discharged, had to go to a, a three hour kind of crash course in diabetes management from the on-site diabetes um, educators, mm-hmm. which we retained 0% of the information from. Yeah. It's hard to listen and uh, it, impossible. Yeah. And remember it's, it's very interesting that on the, on the first day that you were just under the impression that there was a, a, a medical problem that would be cleared up somehow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. hundred yep. percent. So while they're dumping all that information into you, you were just sitting there grieving confused yeah um i mean justin was 18 months old he's crying the entire time and you know he's just got poked and prodded and he hadn't slept and um it was just really really emotionally draining um and then to hear some of the you know the stuff that the diabetes educators were sharing um as they share more and more information you kind of in the moment are realizing how much everyone's life is going to change. And it's a lot to take in right. uh, after what, you know, we've just learned and all the, the previous 72 hours. How old are you, Paul? 46. 46. So you waited to have children too, a little bit. We did. Um, we went down the road of, um, you know, let's, we can either be young and not afford it or be a little bit older and afford it. So, so you try to do everything right. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> still, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. St- st- still a life game for you. Um, and you sound like a, a, a pretty, um, emotionally mature person. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've only been talking for 15 minutes. You might be an idiot, but for now, I think you sound like a pretty emotionally mature person. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back at the end and let me know what you think. Well, yeah. also, I've heard crazy stories about people who work in restaurants that I'm not going to ask you about because we have serious conversations to have here. But they're um, all true. Yeah, right. It's a big orgy, isn't it, Paul? Tell 100%. Me. Yeah, everything right. you hear is, is generally true. Yeah. Okay. And in the chain restaurants, the food's all prepared. They just sous vide it, right? Like it's frozen and then they just do a lot of places do that. They're not really cooking for you. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar 
in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. The Dexcom G6 and the brand new Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems are legit amazing. You wear them on your body and they speak to a receiver that Dexcom will provide or to your smartphone. That's right, your Android or iPhone can also see that information. Imagine being able to flick your phone open just casually to see that your blood sugar is rising or falling or super stable. Just with a little flick of your wrist, there you are on your phone. Hey, my blood sugar is 123. It's been an hour since I ate. I'm pretty happy with this. Doesn't look like it's falling. Doesn't look like it's rising. Nice and comfortable. Plus, you're going to set up limits where you want to be advised of your blood sugar. Arden's are set up at 70 for her low and 120 for her high. You could set it wherever you want. But when it gets to that threshold, it'll be like, beep, beep. Hey, blood sugar is 120. You want to make it 150? You can do that. It's completely user-definable. How about up to 10 people can follow your CGM? So your mother, your brother, your mom, your dad, a friend, colleague, uh, the school nurse, anybody can follow a blood sugar and get those same alerts. And they can change the alerts to be like, look, I don't want to hear it 120, but I want to know when it's this. It's completely customizable. You're getting your blood sugars in real time on your phone. It's fantastic. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Learn about how insulin impacts you, how different carbs impact you. Can you just imagine being able to see like when I eat grapes, this happens. But when I eat an apple, that happens. Or when I eat macaroni and cheese, this happens. Or how about how crazy is this? I have French fries and like an hour later, my blood sugar goes up. Why is that? Ah, people. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today with the G6 or the G7. So you're going to get yourself a CGM, but you also need a BGM, a blood glucose meter. We all get one given to us, right? Whether you're the parent of a child or you have type one yourself or you have type two, a doctor's always handing you a meter. Is the meter accurate? Oh, well, you don't know about that. You just take the one that you're given. But the truth is some meters are more accurate than others. And the Contour Next Gen is amazing. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. In fact, the entire line of contour meters is really just exceptional. And you can check them out at my link. You can buy them at that same link. If you want, maybe you could grab them at Amazon or Walgreens. There's a whole bunch of different places there you can get them from. They may actually be cheaper in cash than you're paying right now for a substandard meter through your insurance. Or maybe your insurance will cover it or whatever. You'll figure it out. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. You're carrying a meter. You're testing your blood sugar. Why not make sure that test is accurate? And the meter's got a bright light for nighttime viewing and second chance test strips. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Um, yeah, I guess you look at it as, you know, if you're getting a full rack of ribs with the 
baked potato and some vegetables and a side salad and a dinner roll and a Coke for 12 bucks. Um, you know, no one's probably actually taking the time to prepare that food. It's probably coming from a factory, right? Uh, frozen or, you know, in bags and they're just reheating and serving. I knew it. I knew it, Paul. <laughs> it all made sense. I've never yeah, worked. Or, I, well, yeah, in, in on fact, the opposite, on the opposite side, if you, you know, went to, uh, a local place, little barbecue joint that smokes their own brisket and does all their own sides. And you're like, wow, you know, why is brisket $27 a pound? Yeah. That's because somebody actually made it for you. Yep. Because yeah. somebody woke up at midnight and smoked that thing for 16 hours. I, um, I only, I worked in a diner for like a week when I was, I don't remember really young and yeah. it was just such a hustle, like clearing tables and washing dishes and everything. And, and then I, I quit for two reasons. One, I was, I made coleslaw in a trash can, not a trash, oh, not, it was not also used for trash, but not the oh, point, okay. right? Like it was basically like dump all these in, then reach them with your arms and turn it over and turn it over until it's coleslaw. That yeah. flipped, flipped me out. And they um, would feed you, but then charge you full price for the food. So by the end of the week, you really didn't make very much money. And I didn't realize I was like a kid. They're like, "Do you want dinner?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, great. <laughs> this is wonderful. Thank you." Uh, and then yeah. I was like, "I'm not doing this," so I left. <laughs> well, at least you spent a week. I did. I did. I stayed, and I was like, "Maybe I can tough this out." But it just was. It was gruel. It was really. I mean, as a kid, but it was like grueling work. So it just never stopped, and the kitchen was always somewhere between like like viciously on fire and somewhere humid near the, the dishes and just none of it was, mm -hmm. uh, none of it was pleasant. Um, but so, so you get out of the hospital. I mean, I have all the empathy in the world for you. Arden was two years old when she was diagnosed. Um, right. but none of the technology existed then. So did they start you with a CGM? Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we were, we got sent home with the CGM. Um, and then we were on, uh, MDI, uh, for about a week and a half, two weeks. Um, and then we started the Omnipod dash. Okay. But MDI and, and were you pushing for a pump or were they trying to give you one? Um, we pushed for every, we were, we advocated as much as we could for every piece of, um, technology and equipment that would preserve our son's health. Yeah. How did you find out about it so quickly? Um, we, so we left the, um, when we left the hospital, um, one of the attending physicians told us about Brave Buddies. Hmm. Um, are you familiar with Brave I Buddies? I don't know, and I'm looking it up now. Um, so Brave Buddies, is a, it's pretty much an online form Um for, for type one diabetics, people will give away supplies or ask for help. It's, uh, it's, but in lack of better term, it's like a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's all through email through a server. So, oh. you know, if you're on a vacation in Orlando and you forgot your T slim infusion set, you can post a message up there and it gets emailed out to everybody and someone in the community will have one or, you know, an extra sensor or whatnot. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it was initially, it was a way to connect with, uh, other families who had type one diabetic children or were type one diabetic. Um, so it was kind of offered as an emotional support, kind of reach out to other people. Um, 
And I started reading the posts and people talking about all, all kinds of pumps. So looked into it. Nice. And did you find that, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining you found it helpful or, but how, how was it managing? Well, I guess the first question should be, did Justin have a honeymoon? Um, yes. Um, to what extent or degree is, I, I don't know. It's a lot of it is a blur. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, looking back, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, he was definitely dumping out, dumping out some insulin overnight. Um, was, uh, yeah. before we got on the pump, there's a lot of overnight lows followed by too much juice and overnight highs. And, um, the pump really helped regulate that and, and got us some sleep, which was nice. Does, um, Margarita work? She does. She does. So she's a full-time job and so do you. Correct. So baby was in daycare. So then what do you do with him? I mean, now does somebody stop working or no? So, um, we, when he was diagnosed, he was at a small family daycare. Um, when he came back home, um, we tried to reach out to the daycare, um, and speak to the owner, um, about, what caring for him would look like. Um, so we got as much literature as we could. Um, we translated uh, the, the hospital translated all of the, uh, I guess the binder that they send you home with, um, into Spanish. And so we went to kind of sit down and meet with them and kind of go over protocols and procedures, um, which we looking back at the time, you know, really didn't have a, a, a big clue to what we were doing. Um, but the kind of the willingness and the communication just really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit. So we just pulled him completely out of daycare and cared for him at home. Okay. Um, I was, um, I, I never, neither of us ever lost our jobs. Um, both of our, our jobs paid us to kind of work from home, which as a chef kind of seems ridiculous. Um, but I was creating uh, cooking classes and sous vide and Thanksgiving turkeys and prime ribs and just filming them. And we were uh, posting it for a bunch of people to see it at work who could log in. And um, Well, that's Paul. That's, so your company had you create food and mm-hmm. share it in video so that the employees might continue to eat well during COVID? Correct. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it was a it was a way to um, you know even though we're not physically there serving you food, we can still you know share recipes, show techniques, and you know right. That's great. Still, yeah, it was fun. So uh, we were both home for a while. Margarita eventually went back to work, um, and then you know we were faced with the decision of um, you know we were both going to need to go back to work what are we going to do for daycare options? So um, we found, and this is, um, I can't say how grateful I am for this, but we found a daycare um, that was like 20 minutes away from our house Mm -hmm. that is run by a T1D mom. Her daughter was diagnosed the same age as Justin. Her daughter is now 21. Wow. Um, she did it for all the technology in New York as a single parent with three other kids. Yeah, she might know what she's doing. 
she knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he um, started there. Uh, he's currently still there. He's on summer vacation now, but um, yeah. Wow. But That's very lucky and it's just fortunate. It, yeah, it's, we're, we're so great. There's not, not even words to express how grateful one person can be to have um, another person in their life that understands and gets it, especially when they're caring for your child. No kidding. And I've stalked Margarita. She has a cool job. You don't have to say. What, you don't have to say what she it does. Is. Yeah, but that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, um, it is. All right. So this hasn't been long for you. This is, you know, eighteen months to a year and a half. You're just. Are you back at work cooking for people again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. Okay. And and so this is all kind of chugging along now. And I, it seems like you're in a place where you're just looking for normal. I mean, because COVID was like. It was strange, wasn't it? Like, you know, it was um, somehow relaxing and anxiety-ridden together. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed I it. I don't, Nailed I don't it. know how that happened. But, you know, it's it's everybody's life was like the way you imagine it in a book. You're like, this must be how the Kardashians live. They just get up. At <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. They get up at 10 o'clock. They make an egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's life right there, right? Yeah, Wake up at ten, make an egg, yeah, go, lay by the pool. Yeah, go for a walk, yeah. have a spritz. It's so like you know what I mean? Then you start thinking about <laughs> what are we gonna do for lunch? Ah, f- screw lunch, we'll make a nice dinner. It doesn't even matter. Nothing matters. You want a vacuum? Yeah, nah, forget yeah, it. Nah. Yeah, yeah, all good, right? And then the other part of it is like, I really think I'm gonna get sick and die any second now. Um yes, and that's correct. you know, in your head. And when am I gonna go back to work and how is this all gonna go? And everybody's life is on hold. Um, very weird, just a very strange, we are still seeing, we're still seeing the impacts of how it, um, retarded people's progress students, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's people, there's a girl on here recently talked about meeting, um, meeting a guy and they started dating and they started to become intimate and then couldn't see each other anymore. Mm-hmm. And then we're suddenly standing on a sidewalk talking to each other from six feet apart. And, yeah. and, you know, just all the weird ways that the flow of life has been, you know, impeded at that time. So you're probably, I'm going to guess, mostly lucky for you because you you got to deal with the diagnosis a little bit without being pressured about going to work, et cetera. Um, Correct. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't uh, there wasn't kind of that oh shit moment. Yeah. Um, we had some time to, to process. Right. And then you then you get I am going to call it lucky, like lucky meeting this person who runs this daycare is um i mean it's nice because can you imagine if that person didn't exist and now you get thrust back into the world the both of you where no. you know where's justin right now you know yeah i yeah i can't i it's hard to imagine um it's going to be even more difficult when we do the next transition into kindergarten mm-hmm. um you know we're we're pretty lucky right now that um you know that Someone else has his follow data and knows what to do with the the information. Yeah, you have two more years to tighten up your understanding of things too, and and all that other yeah. stuff, which is great. But but you you talked about in your note about a marital strain. Did that happen slowly? Was it very quick? Did one person try to take hold of like take control, and or how did it fall? No, it's. Um you know, like most other things in our marriage, it's, it's, um, equal participation. Um, you know, no one's taking ownership over, 
uh, anything, including diabetes management, it's always kind of been a, you know, a, a group decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's, there's so many nuances and, and one-offs and decisions to make. Um, and sometimes you just don't know what the right thing to do is. And that, you know, we, we started with the, um, dash and then started, uh, a six month study and he went on the, the tandem and then uh, Friday we started the Omnipod five. So we've had some transitions and a lot of times with transitioning from one device to another, um, you know, there's some kinks to work out. Yeah. No, it's not easy. Uh, just settings are different and the way the device right. acts, some algorithms to not having an algorithm. It's, uh, yeah. it's a lot. So when you say, so, so when you say strain, do you mean, do you just mean a, a loss of, of normalcy or do you mean actual like butting heads? Um, you know, butting heads is a strong term, but um, we've always been pretty free and easy in our relationship and our marriage. Um, but there's, you know, there's never been a, an obstacle, you know, like diabetes or diabetes management. Um, and it really puts a, puts a test and, and a strain on, the you know not really the bond but um, you know you being tired all the time doesn't doesn't help a lot in the decision making process for sure um, but you know if if he's a growing toddler so if he's going to bed and he's getting this huge growth hormone spike and he's shooting up to two fifty and we don't think the pump's doing enough and do we bolus do we not bolus and I go well I'm going to bolus well don't bolus because it might auto bolus so just a lot of back and forth and a lot of you know, disagreement sometimes on, on what to do for treatment or, you know, uh, he's at 76 trending down. Do we give a cracker? Do we give juice? You know, a lot of it is just stressing. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of sometimes just not knowing what to do and thinking the other person has the answer. And, you know, you just kind of go back and forth until you're exhausted with it. It, it, For me, I find that either falls in the you really believe in what you're saying and the other person disagrees and that causes an issue or you're sitting there thinking, I need you to know because I don't know. (laughs) And they're thinking, I need you to know (laughs) because I don't know. It's definitely a lot, a lot of the, you know, when somebody asks the question like, Oh, you know, he's, uh, he's trending high. Should we give a correction? And then you're expecting that person to say, yeah, probably a quarter unit should be good. And the other person goes, I don't know. And then you look at back them and they go, I don't know. And you go, okay, well, I guess we'll just stare at our Dexcom for another half hour and see what happens. Let's ask Justin what he thinks. Yeah, he's asleep. I don't care. <laughs> hey buddy, just grab this pinky. If you, if you want yeah, right. me to, yeah. no, I know it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a lot of stress and not for nothing. You're in a specific situation. Right. meaning you you waited till you were older and it sounds like for the most part your life was going pretty well so yeah, yeah not a ton of speed bumps and then you get you know then you get a i don't know it's not just a speed bump right it's a it's a mountain and you're um and there's no input from anybody about how to do it it's terrible it it it, it i don't know I, I i feel like i can't remember it anymore yeah. And yet I yeah. feel like I understand exactly what you're talking about because we had all of those situations come up. Like, come on, just tell me what to do. What do you want to do? Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. know. And and the other thing is my wife is um such a bright girl. You know what I mean? And and I count on her 
so much. Like she's one of the few people like I really trust with her opinion, you know? Yep. And then all of a sudden you turn to her and I'm like, I need your opinion. She's like, I don't have an opinion. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. Um, Margarita has always been the, you know, more studious of the two. And I have, I guess, more street smarts for lack of a better term, but um, together, you know, it's very cohesive and it works extremely well together. Um, you know, where she's more analytical and I'm more, ah, you know, whatever, maybe quarter unit, whatever, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but together, you know, that it kind of meshes together well um, in everything that we do in life, not just, not just diabetes. Yeah. Nah, I, I, I get it. So um, tell me a little bit about this. You participated in a study already? Yeah. So we participated, um, first of all, shout out to Dr. Bruce Buckingham at Stanford. Um, been doing diabetes research and education for oh, 45, 50 years now. Um, he's a retired uh, pediatric endo. Um, so we were in his study um, for uh, FDA approval of the T-SLIM in Justin's age group. Okay. Um, so um, six months we were on um, the tandem um, and it was, it was good. The, the control IQ worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped with overnights. Um, we probably went through, you know, months at a time where we slept through the night, uh, which is amazing. Um, it, he, Dr. Buckingham is the kind of person where he's taken zoom calls at nine 30, 10 o'clock at night after Justin is asleep to review settings and data. Um, and we had an issue the other night with the Omnipod five. And even though he's no longer, we're no longer in the study, he helped us transition over. I had a zoom call with him at like one 30 in the morning. Wow. Um, so he's just really committed and, um, it was a really, really amazing experience. Um, we're very, very grateful to have had access, um, to that, the tandem T slim for, for his age group. Yeah. Um, I will say it's been since what, it's, uh, it's Wednesday now. He's been on the Omnipod 5 since Friday. Uh, I do not miss the tubes uh, or fanny pack that he would have to wear with it at all. Yeah. I hear that from uh, a But lot the of people. control was, was fantastic. Right. I think for the last uh, 90 days, it was like 86% in range. Um, wow. So, so I what, can't complain for a three-year-old. No, of course. What was the study for to get um, approval? approval for lower for- ages? Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Well, that's a, that's great news, actually. Do, do you know? Yeah. When, do you know when they're? Did they ever tell you when they thought the study would be done? Oh, uh, the study is done. It is done. So they have enough data to move forward. Right. Oh, that's cool. That's very good. Um. Okay. Hold on a second. You wrote here. This is interesting. You just wrote poop and bathing, <laughs> and how it affects blood sugars. Oh yeah. So, Bathing, so, I think I get, but um, I want you to, well, start with bathing. How, what do you notice with your son? Um, what do we know? So, um, by the way, poop and bathing, it's not all, all one. It's two separate occasions. He's I not imagine. in the bath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I imagine. Um, so, bathing, um, if we bathe him, so generally he'll have dinner um, 5, 30, 6 o'clock. Then he has a bath about 7, 7.30. He's in bed by 8, 15. Um, so if we give him a bath, he will generally say he's a 150, takes a bath, 
he may go up to 190 and then back down to like 130 after the bath. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, you know, it's been explained to us and the water's hot and insulin and surface of the skin and uh, all that. But um, sometimes it doesn't happen and sometimes it, it does happen. And sometimes the finger sticks match and sometimes they don't match. So um, does it ever... I guess I'm just interested to hear other people's experiences as well. Yeah. Does it ever seem like he's like playing in the bathtub, like excited? Could it be adrenaline? Um, it, it could be. Um, he's hot and cold when it comes to a bath. Some days he's wants to take a bath for a half hour and some days you drag him in there kicking and screaming to take a bath. <laughs> Sounds like everybody so, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, um, okay. Well, I mean, listen, the, the there are people who tell you that the hot water makes their blood their blood sugar go up. There's people who tell you that yep. the hot water makes their blood sugar go down. Um, sure. You know, I always think of it as maybe you get in the shower and relax and your blood sugar sure. goes down, right? Or yep. maybe you get in the shower and, I don't know, think about the world and life and it upsets you and you, you know like i don't know like i i don't i do know that jenny will talk specifically about like your blood like how insulin works in your body mm-hmm. um and and the temperature that your body's at but i mean it seems crazy to me to think that in 10 minutes something could change so drastically with the temperature of your body that your blood sugar goes like 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 firing one way or the other like it always seems to me like it's got to be something else um, and then there's times that Arden will take a shower at the end of the day and she'll get lower. And there are times that she takes a shower at the end of the day and her blood sugar goes up. And I, mm-hmm. so is the shower really part of the equation? You know what yeah, I mean? Like I said, or does it, or that's does the it, mystery, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> or is it just, you know, one day she ate a larger meal that she didn't bolus well for, got in the shower and her blood sugar went up. And one day she did a great job with her blood sugar and she got in the shower and relaxed and her blood sugar went down. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't. I, I'm not. Yeah. And we, we worked with um, integrated diabetes and we've met with Jenny a couple of times and mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, everyone's experience is different. And I mean, I think it's just one of those, you know, like you said, what, what Jenny talked about with the hot water and, even when we were in the study, we were talking to the, the endocrinologist and said, yeah, you know, you know, if you've recently bolus and, you know, uh, insulin is still close to the surface of the skin, it may have this effect and that effect. But um, at the end of the day, when, you know, he takes a bath, he's obviously, when he was on the tandem, he's disconnected from the pump. So he's not getting any basal. Um, so we will see, regardless of if he spikes or one way or the other during or after the bath, we do know that about a half hour later, he'll start to trend up because of missing basal. So we'll have to bolus, uh, yeah. for, you know, half hour of basal. No, that, that obviously is I, the first thing I should have said that I didn't, but yeah, you're, <laughs> you were on a tube pump and you were disconnecting. Yeah. So I don't know, man, here, listen, here's what I'll tell you. <clears throat> it's diabetes. isn't easy. <laughs> True so, story, Scott. True story. You gotta, you should, you should write that you down. You should have a show about it. Yeah, you should have a show about it. <laughs> I think you, I think the key is, I mean, I guess the, the, the key is to see what's going on, learn from it, try to anticipate it next time and stay a little bit ahead of it. Right. I, I do really wish that, I don't know. There's part of me that thinks the podcast should be 20 minutes long, one episode, and it should say, Hey, type one diabetes. It's difficult. Learn how to use insulin. Stay flexible. You'll be all right. <laughs> 
Like, you know what I mean? Like I, there's, because I think that applies to almost like at the beginning of the conversation where you were talking about, you know, the impact of one thing. And you're like, I think you said like, well, it really is like that for everything in life. And, and I think that, I think that's right for diabetes too. I think that in the end, it's about using insulin well. It's about timing and amount and staying flexible enough that you don't get stuck in an idea to the point where you say, I have to know what, like, what is this that's happening? You know, instead just saying, look, it's going to happen and here's how I fix it if it goes one way and here's how I fix it if it goes another way and until you can come up with a real answer, you know? Yeah, and Margarita is very, you know, cynical in that way. She'll, um, where I, the way my brain works is, you know, I, I mean, I work in a kitchen, so my, my movements and my uh, actions in the kitchen are very methodical. And when I do something, I expect a certain result. Um, you know, if you've braised beef a hundred times and it comes out wrong once, I'm going to overanalyze the situation and find out what happened mm-hmm. um, with diabetes. That that doesn't work. You just need to correct and move on. Yeah. Hey, just get another piece so, of meat and go again. Yeah. Well, what if you don't have any meat? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been, um, a little bit more difficult for me to, you know, accept some of the, um, you know, high highs or low lows, mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, correct and move on. I always find myself, you know, wondering and anticipating, um, not so much so I can figure out, you know, what went wrong, but kind of just to be better prepared for, for the next time. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, you do have to do that as well. You know, you have to, you have to take in the data and look at and step back and look at it. Do you ever come up with answers? Do you ever think, Oh, I know what happened. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I do. Um, until something happens that disproves it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, then we start from scratch again, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a learning experience and I, I, I do think that knowledge is power and, um, you know, just, kind of recounting what happened and trying to do better the next time. How is the, um, the diagnosis and the ensuing time, how has it been for you personally? Can you disconnect Justin from the conversation and talk about yourself? Rarely. Yeah. I mean, do you, um, do you ever get to think about how you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I've processed it. Um, we're, um, we're talking to uh, a therapist now um, that we meet with, um, but it's more for, for family therapy, but, you know, just as myself, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to d- disconnect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still sad. That's for sure. Yeah. Still, still heartbreaking. Um, but, you know, I need to be strong for him and for my family. So um, a lot of times, you know, however I'm feeling, it's, you know, pushed aside, mm-hmm. which is okay. I'm not, um, not a very selfish or self-centered person. I've always had the uh, giving and caretaker mentality in me. Um, and I do it, you know, for a living through food, feeding other people at work. So, um, kind of second nature in that, in, in that aspect. Yeah. I was going to guess that. Um, yep. yeah. I, well, the family therapy sounds like a good idea. Uh, it is. And a lot of it is, you know, centered around um, how to get Justin to do things. <laughs> um, I I never in my adult life 
had heard the term three-nager before. <laughs> Wait a minute. But guess what, Scott? <laughs> yeah, oh, yo, you don't know about three-nagers, do you? <laughs> Justin difficult? Are you telling me the kid's, the kid's hard to work with? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit rough around the edges. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, aside from the terrible twos, apparently there's also a three-nager. Um, so it's just a, a kind of an extension. His twos weren't, weren't that bad, but um, the threes are um, a lot of no's obviously um but it's just everything is um everything's a challenge whether it's brushing your teeth or taking a bath or going to bed or getting dressed it's all it's all um what we've come down to find out is um, having it be his choice um so we worked with the, the therapist and say you know like bath time you know bath time was always a struggle so she's like okay well you know make it his choice let him choose you know, what kind of toys he wants to play with, blow bubbles, play music, have a dance party. And so, you know, here we are, he's in the living room crying and we're dancing, listening to Blippi in the bathroom. <laughs> so 46 years old, six, seven, 250 pounds. Let's not forget yeah, you can all imagine. that. Yeah, 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 I can. Yeah. I'll send you a video if you want. <laughs> no, I don't want to say it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, you know, they're nice like three times in the first 25 years. <laughs> oh, is that three? So I got so I got two more to look forward to? Well, you know, listen, around six, seven, eight, that can be fun right there. Yeah. Um, you know, four years old, really cool. Um, uh, boys prior to puberty are fun, 11, 10, 11. And don't um, get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I always like to use a sour patch analogy, you know, sour on the outside, sweet on the inside. Um, he's an angel when he's in a great mood and he's having fun. He's the greatest child on the planet earth. Uh, but then the complete opposite is true as well. Does any of this you know? correlate with his blood sugars? Uh, no, no. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's, if he's, you know, really high. We, 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 yeah. Well, the, the pro, I think, uh, I, I think it's a double-edged sword. I mean, we've done, We've put in a lot of work to make sure um, that, you know, he's in a, a good percentage, good amount of time and range. Um, he rarely ever, you know, goes really high or very rarely goes really low. So, you know, he's used to having, you know, he's used to being in range. So when he's high, it's, you know, for for a long, longer period of time, it's it's noticeable. Yeah. Um, I- but he, he could be at 100 straight take a bath and you know you think the world's gonna end right and i i do not want to bum you out and i'm sure that this isn't the case but have you tested thyroid function yeah we tested thyroid and celiac uh, recently okay good what did you get do you remember the tsh for the thyroid i do not no take a look at it if it's over two but they told you it's in range go back to them okay all right um let's see what else do we have here paul you're a delight I didn't realize this was going to be so much fun. I never know oh, how the guys are going to go. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I love talking to guys about it, but sometimes people are um, like, they're still kind of closed off. They're like classically men, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I understand. Yeah. You're more forward facing, which is really, which is nice. Um, but your, your wife, so your wife's in the, in the, in the podcast Facebook group, but you're not. I am not. I don't, uh, I don't care to partake in, uh, modern social media i don't either actually paul (laughs) you wouldn't know it part of my job Uh, so um no there's there i like the input from people 
And I, I like, I like seeing people help each other. All, all the good stuff about it. I love. Um, but you know, I'm 50 and exactly, you know, not like if you, if you put me on a desert Island, you were like, listen, you can have social media or I don't know, a television. We're only leaving one of them. I'd be like, Oh, just leave me the TV. I'll be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it has its, you know, it has its, it has its purposes, but you know, I'm, I'm not, not interested but does she come to you with things she's learned online oh of course of yeah. course and you yeah, find that a, helpful i do I, I find it helpful um you know sometimes the stories on there are heartbreaking and you know i don't know if i want to read heartbreaking stories every single day um but you know there's also successes on there so um so a couple of people that we've connected with and had uh, play dates that we've met through the group and whatnot so mm-hmm. Um, I, I do see, you know, there is, there is value to it. Um, but with, you know, well, I think with anything in social media, it's, it's always more negativity than positivity. So I choose to stay away. Well, I think my Facebook group is more positive than negative, but other than that place, I completely agree with you. (laughs) Of course. I I, I meant yours. Of course. Of course. And the, um, the, the, so I get people's notes privately. Some of them are are difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sure. I'm looking at one sitting here now like that I have to answer today. And it's just a person who wants to come on the podcast. And they said, like, I'd like to be a guest. My daughter has type one and down syndrome. Mm. She's 12 and has complex health conditions. And then, you know, I'm reading on like trying to take in what this is. I- I'm already at the point where I'm like, okay, you know, she said she dropped her A1C, you know, uh, I'm like, great. Like she loves the podcast. She wants to come on and talk about what's going on. And, and, and I'm, I'm like, all right, I got it right. Like I, I want to say yes to this, but I'm going to keep reading the note because it just seems, I don't know. I, I it would seem wrong not to just read the entire note. And at of the course. end, at the end, she says um, that she just had a stroke and she's using a feeding tube now. And, oh. and you read that and you're like, oh, okay. Like, like as, that's so hard just to hear, but imagine living through it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, right. yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear things like that. My heart goes out to her and her family. Right. Um, it, you know, makes what, what I'm doing seem almost easy in a way. And so, so it's, I guess it's all about perspective. Yeah. And so that's exactly it. Like, obviously I want to speak to this person. Why not to hear not to hear a terrible story about her child's health, but because it's very possible that this woman has a perspective on life that the rest yep. of us don't. A hundred percent. And I want to hear that. Um, but then hearing the story intermingled in it is, it's difficult. You know, it's, um, you have to tell the story so that people understand where the perspective comes from. You can't just have her on and say, look, trust me, this lady's life is harder than yours. Like, let's listen to what she has to say now. It just doesn't work that way. So you lay out the story. So now I've read the email and I'm like, oh, I'm also a real person, Paul. Yep. You know, and so um, not that it matters, but this has not been the easiest time of my life right now. And so like I'm yeah. dealing with my own personal stuff. Um, I have family too. You know, people in my life are sick. Um, there are people in my life who are, you know, everything all the things you can think of i'm i love somebody that has all those things too or i have them and then you get this note you're like wow so i understand you not wanting to see it um and i don't think as i don't know if it sounds harsh but if 
if I didn't have this podcast, I don't know if I'd want to see this email either, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, I will listen to the episode and I will take something away from it. Um, but I, I don't, I don't want to be exposed to something every day. Yeah. Um, it's too much. Well, I think the one here, I'm going to talk myself out of listeners here if I'm not careful. <laughs> But I think the I do think the one thing that a modern like this modern life allows is it gives you access to so many people's stories and so much access to news and things like that that I don't know that our brains are meant to know what's happening in you know the trucker strike in Canada and a shooting in Kentucky and uh, you know a warlord in some place killing a group of people and I don't think we're supposed to like consider all that stuff seems like a little bit much. Yeah. You, you know, because especially when you have no agency over it, like you talked earlier, um, one of the first things that hit you when your son was diagnosed is a feeling of, of helplessness. Mm-hmm. So what stops me from hearing about people being treated poorly in, I don't Australia. And now I, on some level feel helpless about that. It's just, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to live in the middle of the woods where I, I don't know what's going on anywhere, but we're exposing ourselves to so much stuff and yeah. everything feels like it, it carries the same weight for some reason. Like from like, like I, I my social media this week, I'm not going to lie. My social media this week, what is this guy's name? Give me a second. I'm going to figure something sure. out. It's completely ridiculous. I could just say, um, Okay. I I am in a I am in a point now where I've been made to feel bad for the Cubs catcher. <laughs> He's had a tough couple of weeks, Paul. Because weeks, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. Wilson Contreras it's had a tough couple of weeks. Everybody kept saying he was going to get traded and it was stressful and then he didn't get traded. It's been hard on him. And I've read like three blurbs about how hard it has been for him. And like, so like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not walking around my house, like punching holes in the wall going so unfair how Wilson Contreras is being treated. (laughs) Not him. Poor guy. This guy. I don't know. What is he? He probably only makes, I should look just to make the story funnier. Hold on a second. I wonder how much he makes. Let's let's find out for a second. Well, listen, see, here it is. He's a young guy. Wait, he's 30 years old. Well, he isn't making think, enough money. <laughs> I, think the league, the, I think the league minimum is like 350000 yeah, yeah, I can't believe I'm about to say this. He's only making a half a million a year. So the guy is being treated a little poorly. Poor he's, guy. He's, he's yeah, a good oh, catcher. But, 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 you know, like here he is. The guy making a half million dollars a year. He plays baseball. And my social media set me up to feel badly about it. Yeah. And I was like, now, did I take the bait? I got to be honest with you. A little bit. It's in me somewhere because I'm aware of it. Like when I reached for an idea, it popped into my mind. I'm not walking around like, you know, I'm not I'm not getting ready to overthrow governments so that Wilson gets paid correctly and <laughs> ends up where he belongs and all. But um, it's still it's it's in the back of your head. Like it, it's it's like a pile of dirty laundry. Like if everybody's woe is a sock, you know what I mean? Like eventually it goes up to the ceiling and it's overwhelming. I'm like, I can't do all this laundry. I, I can't. I, I don't know how to help Wilson. You know what I mean? My son just graduated from college. He's having trouble transitioning. I, I don't know how to help him. My daughter's getting ready to go away to college. I'm assuming yep. she's 
you know, putting on a bright face and she's excited for a number of reasons. I also imagine she's nervous for a bunch of reasons. You know, like at this point, it's my 26th wedding anniversary. I just left my wife's gift on the table downstairs because I couldn't find five seconds to talk to her yet today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's important for me to know everything that's happening in the world. True story. That's all. Anyway, went a long way for that. But now we know about poor Wilson. We do. The struggle is real. Yeah. By the way, here, here, let me tell you what Yahoo Sports says. Oh, okay. The Cubs handling of Wilson, can, is it Contreras? At deadline is shameful. Can you imagine? It's shameful. <laughs> I almost want to click on this link to find out why it's shameful. <laughs> well, if you click on it, then that means that you're interested in it, so you'll get more in your feed now. So I know, and I I know I've done it. I've already done it to myself. <laughs> but but I mean, sh- I mean honestly, shameful. Is that not a, a pretty harsh word? Like I used the term "butting heads" earlier, and you were like, "That's too harsh." Yeah, it's too aggressive, Scott. Yeah, calm yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. And I'm not making fun of athletes. He's a person too, and I'm sure it was difficult for him. Actually, like, let me take that back. Let me take the whole thing back. I'm sure it's been difficult for Wilson Contreras to not know where he's going to be when he wakes up on Wednesday morning. I bet you that is not pleasant, and and I don't think it matters how much money you make. I, yeah, just, I mean, the worst case scenario, he has to get on a first class flight somewhere. It's going to be bad. Like, yeah, the, the guy that I don't know, usually carries his bag probably won't be there. So no. um, I'm just saying that uh, I don't need to know about it. That's all. Um, Agreed. But there are some things that you learn that are helpful. So I don't know where the line is. I don't know if we're going to mature. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if like one more generation removed will know how to ignore the parts of all this that that aren't important. Mm-hmm. Um, or if this is just going to be a thing that people aren't built for and it and it it um it weighs heavy on us for a long time. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I there's, there's just there's it's just too much, too much information everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're almost uh, in a position where you would have to pick and choose what you want to care about right yeah no i even like politics is such a great example when you're younger no one cares you don't care when when you're younger i know right when you're younger you don't care at all then you hit an Mm -hmm. age where you do care and then you hit an age where you go listen i don't know how many times i'm going to hear the same story this isn't changing like like the the nature of people hasn't changed in my lifetime i'm going to ignore this again it's um you go through seasons for certain all right. So what is your, um, what's your favorite thing to make? Well, uh, we're in, um, California. So, um, I have the, um, luxury of using what's seasonal. So, um, there's not really one particular favorite thing to make. It's just working with what's seasonal and it looks and tastes the best. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of spoiled where, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty a uh, pretty good climate here uh, in the Bay Area in California. So we have hundreds of farms within 150 miles of the kitchen. So it's get like an eclectic mix of things that you can work with. We do. I um I recently started a, a smoker program. So we um we feature uh, something smoked every week, whether it's brisket or tri tip or St. Louis rib. So yeah. um we uh we talked work into buying a. Uh, $5,000 Yoder smoker. Um, so I get to play with that at work. 
is that um, pellets or is that wood? No, wood wood fired. It's wood fired. How hard yeah. is that to figure out how to learn how to do? Um, how hard is it? Um, like how long did it take you to figure out how to get the the fire burning right? Oh, uh, well, three years. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's a process like anything, you know, you have to learn it and understand it and you think you're doing everything right, but then you have the wrong kind of wood because the wood's wet. So then you got to find better wood and you finally get the wood, but then the beef you got's not that great and so on and so on. So, um, it's like anything in life, you know, you have your, your trials and errors. I only have a pellet grill, which I bought during COVID because I was like, what am I going to do? I'm because gonna, boredom. Yes. I'm like, I'm going to treat, I'll, I'll learn how to do this. And I basically, I guess I use it for some like basic ideas, but it's amazing how well it works. Like from like, you know, like a, a pork butt just for pulled pork. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Not difficult. Um, I buy, usually I grab a couple of steaks and smoke yep. them and then just slice them up as I, as I eat them. Like I don't even like eat, I don't even make the steak and then just bring it inside and eat it. Like I, I'll have a little bit of it. I'm like, that was good. And then I put it away and then I'll yank it out every day and, Maybe just take a couple of slices off it, throw a little, like, I don't know, pink salt over top of it and eat it with something else. It's amazing once you understand how important the time, it's just time and temperature. Yep. Yeah. It's it's really all it is. And the, the only difference um, that my preference is to use an offset smoker. So a pellet smoker, um, I, you just don't get uh, as much of a pronounced smoke flavor. It's, it's fairly light. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, yeah, with a wood burning offset smoker, you can get that that deep smoky taste. Um, I've been trying a lot to imitate uh, Texas barbecue, so just wow. kosher salt and sixteen mesh black pepper on your on your protein, and then it's all about time and temperature. Yeah, really is. Well, Paul, I, I didn't have somebody with deep pockets that I could schnooker into buying me a smoker, so I had to buy it myself. Like, True story. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm proud of how you've accomplished this. I can't believe you got your a boss to buy anything that seems that seems like a heavy lift no matter what yeah i mean it's uh it was uh I, i've been working on this purchase for quite a while and the uh general manager who was um leaving uh kind of pushed it through oh, uh, before before he left and so i see he's like well this won't fall on me because i'll be gone so sure take your smoker yeah kind of I would take that. That sounds right. All right. Yeah. I, so I'm going to let you go, but I want to check first if we've talked about everything you want to talk about. And then I want to ask you one other thing. Um, I think that the kind of the only um, obstacle kind of new thing in our life is um, starting the Omnipod five and seems like um, for, for anyone else who's just started, um, I'd just like to share a little bit of feedback if please. that's okay. No, please. Um, so we started Friday. Today is Wednesday. Um, the first pod failed. Um, the first pod failed Saturday night. Um, we thought that it was the algorithm learning, but um, by the time he hit 300, we pulled off the pod, gave him a manual injection, and then... Uh, started a new second pod. Mm-hmm. Um, he did throw up twice. So um, we were in close contact with his endo. Um, but 
um, we decided to manage it at home. He had uh, 2.9 were his ketones via blood. Um, an hour later, they were 1.9, and by the next morning, they were 0.6. So, I mean, we were able to manage it at home. Um, but the algorithm is better on the second pod. Um, it is learning. Um, I think I will say that with any automated insulin delivery system, um, I, I haven't found, and this is our third different from uh, pump from Dash to Tandem to T-Slim to Omnipod 5, is that we haven't found any of them that can handle a hormone rise in, in a three-year-old. Um, so there's been, uh, I mean, from going to 86, 89% in range to, you know, hitting the lower 70s now because he's high for four or five hours overnight as their algorithm is, you know, learning. Um, so to other people or parents out there um, that may be experiencing kind of the same thing, um, the algorithm did better on the second pod and we're hoping to see improvements uh, as it, as it goes, as we change the next pod. Yeah. Yeah. This, your episode will come out long after this happens, but I have three episodes that I just recorded with, um, a CDE and, um, we put together a list of of things to talk about. I, I, I got the list from the people in the Facebook page and then the, the list was given to Omnipod and they, went over it and made great sense of it for me. And then we went back and I had the conversation with the CD. It's going to come out in three parts. But I think the takeaway for Omnipod 5 for me after hearing the conversation was settings are very important. Um, mm-hmm. Entering in with uh, basil and bolus that's near 50-50 a day yep. is very important when you're starting the pod on the first one. Um, yeah. the, the first pod... Um, yeah was like 3070 basil to, mm-hmm. to bolus. And then the second pod day one was like, um, uh, and then yesterday was like 4951. So yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and what I meant was that the, your initial settings that you put into the pod is where the mm-hmm. pod begins to learn, but then yeah. it stops, listen, it stops taking your settings into account very quickly. But if yeah. you, but if you're a person who, for instance, is under basiling over bolusing or over basiling under bolusing or something like that. Um, that's going to throw off the amount of time it takes the algorithm to learn things. I think mm. the other thing I learned was that you still that you still have to manage insulin well. Like I think people have an expectation like that this thing's automated. I think they think this about all the automated systems, but it's automated. It'll just do it, and that's still not the case. You, you know, you have to pre-bullish your meals. You have to, yep. you know, you have to get your carbs counted pretty right. You have to mm-hmm. understand if there's going to be a fat rise 90 minutes from now that the algorithm doesn't know that, um, right. you know, that, that kind of stuff. And, um, and you have to understand that it's not, it's not super aggressive. So when you see a rise that comes out of nowhere, it's going to treat it like it would treat anything else. And then if suddenly, uh, hormones is a great example. Hormones are hitting like food. So imagine yep. if you ate and didn't tell it you ate. The same thing happens when the hormones come. Yeah, and that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, yeah um, 100%. you know when he's a he's an avid milk drinker. So um, if we pre bolus, you know, fifteen twenty minutes because we know when he drinks six ounces of milk, he's probably going to go up 100, 110 points, even with a, a pre bolus. Even a strong, you know, like a, almost a, a two-unit pre-bolus for, sure. you know, 
30 carbs and 11 of that is milk. Right. You know, it's really hard to avoid that spike. So, you know, unless you split the milk. Um, but then when he, he goes to sleep, you see that, that kind of similar, like plus 11, plus 12, um, you know, as he falls into that, that deep sleep as his hormones are kicking in. Yeah. Wait till, um, wait till what happened here last night happens to you. It's uh, somebody grabbed soft pretzels yesterday and they're, oh, just, just, pretzels. Sitting, they're just sitting in the house. And um, it must have been like 11 o'clock or so. And I said to Arden, hey, your blood sugar's drifting. And I was like, and there's something about the angle of this line that tells me it's not stopping. And, yeah. I, and I know you're only 100 now, but I think this is going to go 100, 95, 90. Like, I think, I think in yeah. a half an hour, you're going to be 65. Like, I just don't yeah. think, you know... Um, I don't think the algorithm is going to catch it. Like it's the, it's what I'm saying right now. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she of course waits too long to have like a small snack. And then, you know, she grabs some stability, but she grabs it at like 70 instead of, you know, 90 where yeah. it could have been. So had she, she just dips eaten, low. Yeah, yeah. Had she just eaten it 20 minutes sooner, she would have grabbed stability at 90 and maybe gotten to 70. Instead, she held at 70 and was going to get lower again. So she starts getting lower and she's, I hear her say, I got it. And I was like, okay. She eats an entire soft pretzel. <laughs> Bolus is for like pretty aggressively. Like she didn't do bad. And um, like an hour later, like I was, I went to bed. I was like, I'm good. And Kelly was still up working and she's like, Hey, I, I need you to wake up. She's like, I've been trying to help Arden, but like, it's not working. And Arden's blood sugar went to like 250 off of that soft pretzel. Yeah, and, pretzels uh, impact just in the same way. They hit hard yeah, and fast. Right, right. So I just, I had her change some settings and, you know, went to sleep. And when I woke up this morning, she was 90. So um, it all worked out. But, uh, you know, it's tough. And and just imagine if it was something else, adrenaline, um, pain, hormones, like these kinds of things. You, I think what people need to understand is that Right now, 2022, you can get uh, Tandem Control IQ, you can get Omnipod 5, you can get the Medtronic device, you can get, you know, do-it-yourself loop. And the three the three retail devices are going to be um, less aggressive, I guess, than you, because you can make the loop be more aggressive, right? Because right. it's more, it's more user-definable. You can tell it to start correcting at a lower number. You can tell it to... Auto bolus, uh, 10%, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% of what the, it thinks, you know, you, you have a little more, uh, a little more control over those settings. Whereas in the other ones, they, they work the way they work and they work amazing. There are for the most part going to keep you from getting low and, you know, they're going to do a pretty good job with meals as long as you understand meals. And as long as you understand when the algorithm just I don't know what the word is, but it's it's beyond its ability at that point. Yeah, you can't gonna, handle it. Yeah, you're gonna have to jump in and do something. Yeah. And you know, once you learn that, I think you're good. I I just I I don't I desperately don't want people to think that these things are just like oh you put it on and everything's like fine. Your blood sugar will be 93 the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. it's by no means is it a, a set it and forget it kind of thing. It's right. a it's a, a drastic improvement from 10 years ago, but oh, wow. I mean it's it it still needs to be managed. And you know, I mean, it, I think since we've started the Omnipod five, 
uh, on Friday, I'd, I've probably been up till 12, one o'clock in the morning, just trying to see uh, how aggressive it is and how much insulin it's giving at what rate, um, because I want to understand it and know what it's doing. So if I go to make a decision and override um, to, to bolus that I, I understand what it's doing and how it's working. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is a, a learning curve to it. I mean, well, the algorithm has its learning curve while it's learning. You know, I'm, I'm trying to learn as well so I can you right. know, manage manage as best I can, too. And from what I hear from people weeks from now, it'll be better than it is today for you. It's, yeah, I think the five week mark is the the kind of buzz that I'm hearing from people. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I've heard all kinds of different stuff, but and so even what you're learning might change. But listen, right. the truth is, and people you're going to hear me th- say this a million times over the next year, for the vast majority of people using insulin, you put an Omnipod five on them, and their life is going to just improve. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. um, you know, I, I I also believe that it's. I did it for the first couple of days that Arden used Omnipod 5. I was like, well, this is, you know, I, I started comparing it to Loop. And then I just realized, I was like, they're not the same thing. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. So I'm, I am I let go of that very quickly. They're not the same thing. They shouldn't be compared to each other. If you want that, like, you know, if, you, if you're looking for that, like, drill down tight control like that, then you, you need to look at that do-it-yourself product. And if not, then, you know, this is what these things do. And I imagine they'll get better over time. Um, of course all of them so anyway right i think it's uh i think they're amazing i think i think if you can afford them you should try them that's for sure agreed all right paul um i kept you too long so i can't ask you about the restaurant orgies and the massive drinking <laughs> and drugs that i'm assuming you've seen through your 20s and 30s working in restaurants but um well, inv- invite me back for an after dark episode we'll talk about it yeah, if you had diabetes you'd be right there damn it <laughs> see see where you're getting let down by not having diabetes you cannot come back on and my son said to me recently she's like are you always going to just interview people with type one i was like people with type one have regular lives too it's plenty interesting don't worry yeah um, don't worry yeah, yeah yeah don't worry it is anyway all right well thank you so much i appreciate you doing this no thanks guy thanks for everything that you do we're um, appreciative and i i didn't mention in the, the beginning that about a week after diagnosis we found um your podcast um, and I think, uh, two weeks after that, we started with integrated diabetes and it really changed our, um, kind of our philosophy and our, our way of, um, managing diabetes. So thank oh, you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy you found it. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I also want to thank Dexcom and remind you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Start with that G6 or G7 sensor. And of course, contournext.com forward slash juice box. Get yourself an accurate meter. It's easy to hold, easy to use, and has second chance test strips. Contour Next Gen at contournext.com forward slash juice box. I'll just remind you also to check out the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook, although there are people in there with so many different kinds of diabetes. I should probably change the name. Uh, it's for everybody. Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook.
If you're new to the show, please subscribe or follow in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get audio. And if you've been listening for a long time, please share the show with someone who you think might also be interested. Oh, and if you're really loving it, leave a five-star rating and a beautiful review wherever you listen. Sharing the show is how it grows. So whether it's through a review, a personal conversation where you say, hey, I think you should check this out, tell your doctor about it, anything, anything to help the podcast grow, I I very much appreciate it. And of course, supporting the sponsors is why the show is free and plentiful and also why the Facebook group is also free and uh, well-managed. You guys are making that happen with your really kind support. So I thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back very soon with another.